Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Autism Stories. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience, and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their insights. If you would like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review, as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. On today's episode, Billy Mayfair joins us to discuss being a public figure and disclosing his autism. We also talk with him about being a professional golfer and how processing information and understanding of rules has impacted his career. This will be the first part of a two-part interview with Billy. So join us on the next episode as we will hear from Billy and his wife, Tammy. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Billy, thanks so much for joining me here on Autism Stories. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Thanks for having me. I wanted to start off by learning about uh, your story. Where in the autistic community would you say your story begins? Well, really, it kind of goes back. I think I had this one. Uh, I was not officially diagnosed until about four years ago. But after being diagnosed and after reading the results from and all that, I figured that I had this probably most of my life. I struggled in school. I enjoyed going to school. There were some classes that I did very, very well in, and there was others I didn't. And certain types of classes where I could talk and talk to the teacher and have a communication, I did very well in. The classes where I had to sit down and read a book and take a note, I mean, read A, B, C, or D, I didn't do quite as well. And it always, I never could figure that out. So I think that was it. Plus, I loved playing golf. I love being at the golf course for hours by myself. When other people didn't like that, I just enjoyed it. So looking back at it now, I think it's probably something that I've had most of my life. If our listeners are professional golf fans, they definitely know who you are because you've been one of the best golfers in the world and are currently competing on the PGA Tour Champions, which is a tour for the best golfers over the age of 50. You could have kept quiet about your autism. I'm sure there's plenty of other professional athletes that, you know, have not openly disclosed. But what are what were some of the factors that made you decide that you wanted to publicly disclose about your autism? Well, I think once I got diagnosed and read the results and kind of understood it, and I was very fortunate in a very crisis time in the world where I could be home a lot because of COVID, we weren't traveling as much, so I got to spend some time with my psychologist here in Arizona. I realized how widespread it is. I think it's one out of every 40 people have autism and all that. And I really felt that this was maybe my calling to give back to not just to the game of golf, but to sports and to the community and something that I was very passionate about. I've learned over the past three years, I love discussing about this, helping people and to see little things that I can tell people that might help them along. So, you know, it was trying, coming out with it was never really a big issue. And I, and again, anytime you do something like that, you're always surprised how it will explode a little bit and, and you touch so many people. And, and I think that's the thing I'm the most surprised about is how much I've touched people and helped them along. 
Now, like many of us who learn about our autism as adults, we go through many stages processing this information. So from what I understand, at first you were in denial, which I think a lot of people can kind of relate to. Other people that have come on this podcast have talked about that as well. What changed for you to move out of that denial phase to what seems like a phase now where you're accepting and embracing your autism? Well, I have to give that credit to my wife, Tammy. I'm still married because I did go get tested and all that stuff. And I think she put her foot down. I knew she knew that there was something that was not quite right, that she didn't quite fully understood. She tried to get read as much information on it as she could. But after our incident in California with the rules and all that, she knew that it was affecting just not our, our marriage, but our way of life, our income and all that. And she put her foot down. And of course, I thought she was the one that was wrong and I was right. And you know, it took me a while and I was in a lot of denial and she had to pretty much drag me to the neuropsychologist. It took a while to find the one that I liked, but when I finally did get tested, it even took me after I got the results back from it. It took me about three or four weeks to finally open them up and start reading the results. But it was funny. Once I did that, it's like the whole world kind of opened up for me. School, like we talked about before, school made more sense to me. Why I like to play golf, why I like to go practice, why I like to come home and just veg out sometimes in front of the TV things started making more sense to me. And I think that's why I felt so good about telling people about it was because of how good it made me feel. I'm interested in kind of the choice of psychologists because, you know, oftentimes people go to a psychologist and they're not a good fit for them at all. So what was it about the psychologist you ended up going to that you felt comfortable with this person? Well, he was easy to talk to. It was a gentleman, and I had seen both sexes in, in, before that, and, and uh, I felt comfortable talking to him. He was actually from, uh, grew up in overseas in, in London and, and came over here, so we talked a lot about golf over there in, in London, and he just kind of made me feel comfortable, but for the testing and all that, he was just, he never, he made me feel very comfortable, I guess is the best way to say it during the testing. You know, in many of the interviews that I do here on Autism Stories, you know, in preparing and researching. Sometimes I have to dig like really deep to find information about people. But for you, it, it was very easy because there's been so many newspaper articles and TV and podcast interviews you've done regarding talking about your autism. So it makes me wonder about other professional golfers in regards to their reaction or feedback that they have given you, you know, have Many people asked you about your autism and they said, oh, I saw this article or, you know, saw this TV interview. What kind of response have you gotten? Well, I got a very positive response for as for golfers and for the guys I play with on tour. You know, it was a very positive feedback. They understood. They've known me. You have to remember some, the guys on the Champions Tour that we're playing with. We played junior golf together. We've known each other since we were 15 and. We went from there to play college together. Then we played the big tour together. Now we're on the champions tour together. So some of these guys out there I've known in my entire life and they know me and I know them better than probably their own wives do and all that <laughs> stuff. But for, for the most part, most of the guys were very understanding and asked a lot of questions and, and was, was curious. And I found out that they have siblings. They have people in their family that have been diagnosed with autism and it was gave it them something to talk about with me and, and I think sometimes that helped them to talk about it. But as I said, again, I mean, you're always going to run into some people who think that you're not 
that's you know it's all hokey folky stuff and and don't believe you and no matter what you do you're not going to convince them but for the most part out there on tour and fans out there have taken it very positive something that many of us as autistic people get in trouble for is supposedly not following the uh, rules at work and then we're confronted about this so however this can often be about, I think, processing information and rules not being explained to us in a way that can be more understandable. So I read this type of situation happened to you on the uh, PGA Tour Champions, you know, at an event. What do you think would be some of the things that pro golf events could do to help reduce this type of confusion for those with all different types of brains to reduce this these situations from occurring in the, in the future? Well, I think a lot of times when autistic people or a lot of people in general are saying they're breaking the rules, they're not really purposely trying to break the rules or be their interpretation, their thinking of that rule could be a little bit different than everybody else's. And I guess the one thing that I've learned most since I've been diagnosed with autism, it, it is okay to take a few seconds and say, I just need to have my brain let me get caught up here. Let me think about this. And I understand, hey, if a football player is in the middle of the game, he can't stop the game and neither, neither can a golfer stop the round. But you definitely can stop the interview. You can stop and wait a few minutes in the scorer's tent and all that. So I think the whole scenario of people who have autism are breaking the rules. I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's just their interpretation of the rule might just be a little bit different than what everybody else thinks. Do you feel like the rules, because a lot of times information is not as direct and as specific as, as we need to understand, do you feel like sometimes the rules could be better well-written? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think anybody, when you read the rules of golf, sometimes I don't think anybody can quite understand it. <laughs> or not yeah but one of the accommodations i do have on the tour is that if i have a question about a rule or, or a rule situation comes the officials know that they have to give me a little bit more time and i might just have a, they might have to explain that rule to me in a little bit of a different way than how it is written down for me to completely understand it and you know it's tough right now for the not for golf especially because it seems like the USGA is changing rules so much. They're changing rules every year. They say that it's a five-year grace period in between them, but it seems like they try to change a rule five years ago, goes in effect this year, then it's different the next year, and it's different the next year. So I think anyone would have a hard time remembering the rules because when you played them by one way for so long, now they change them. So I understand why things need to change sometimes, but I think that they – as you said, I think sometimes the USGA and or any organization needs to write them out a little bit clearer so that everybody can understand them. You know, I was talking a little bit earlier about this, but I believe that there are a lot of athletes out there that are autistic, whether they're in high school, college, or they're playing sports professionally. So I'm wondering what you think are some important things that can be done to support these athletes to develop skills in their sport while at the same time enjoying this process? As I said before, I think every, you know, one out of every 40 uh, people are diagnosed with autism. And because of athletes a little bit like myself and other famous athletes who I'm not going to mention right now, but 
are out there on the spectrum. I think kids in college, in high school are seeing this, but even more importantly, the coaches, the organizations, the owners are also understanding that if you get a person who might be a little bit autistic, that might be your diamond in the rough. And if you just spend a little bit more time with him or her, with the coaches and all that, and let them completely understand, you might have yourself a real superstar here. And that's what I try to tell a lot of kids that I speak to. I love talking to kids at high school levels and all that and saying that, you know, just because you've been diagnosed with autism doesn't mean that you can't do what everybody else does. And in fact, you can probably do a lot of things even a little bit better because you're so precise with everything. And that's what I think the world's coming to and, and coaches and God bless teachers and coaches are getting so much better at this that to give this person or this young man or young girl just a little bit more time can make all the difference in the world. And I think everyone's getting adjusted to that, but coaches and teachers and CEOs out there are really understanding this. When, you know, sometimes you'll hear people say diamond in the rough and, and things like that, and it's just kind of lip service, but you really are that diamond in the rough. You are that superstar. So I'm curious about like your coaching growing up and you know like we all need coaches and people to support us to get us where we need to go what were like who were some of those important coaches and mentors and what did they do to help guide you along the way well i gotta go back to my mom and dad i mean they did everything they possibly could for me they drove me to the golf course they drove me to summer golf tournaments all over the country. My dad spent every money, every penny he had to send me to junior tournaments and amateur tournaments all over the country. So obviously they were a huge impact for me, but my instructor, my very first golf instructor was a gentleman named Arch Watkins. And Arch was an older gentleman. He, he'd be a perfect teacher for an autistic person just because he was just very slow, very meticulous, explained it very well. And if you didn't understand it and you said, I don't understand it, he'd say, okay, well, let's do it this way. And we got along real good, but I was just, I think, very blessed to have wonderful parents and to have my first golf instructor being such a wonderful person, I think, helped me along the way. And that's what I try to share with people now is that if they're willing to give you just a few extra seconds or a few extra moments to understand things, you got a winner. Thinking beyond this interview and into the future, what do you hope to do in terms of education and advocacy to uh, support other autistic people? It's something that this is very dear to my heart, very close to. I can give you an example. This year I played in a golf tournament and we had to play 27 holes because the rain, it was muddy, I was tired and all that. And I met some kids that were from the local high school that came out to talk to me. And I spent two hours talking to them. And I had more energy when I left that golf course than I had, you know, even probably before I got there. So <laughs> this is something that's very passionate to me in my heart and all that. At first, we were trying to help other professional athletes and children, I'm gonna say children, middle-aged, you know, high schoolers and all that. But as we've come along here, along the way here, I've gotten so much response and so much, you know, feedback from older, I mean, people my age, 50, 60 years old, who are being tested right now, who are coming out and saying they have autism. And it's like the same thing with me, that cloud, that window's opening up and they're understanding more about their childhood and why they do things the way they did and that it's okay. So when we originally started was to probably just help professional athletes and kids. But as we've turned the corner here, we're helping more people my age and my wife's age than ever before. But the also the other big thing that my Tammy, my wife and I really want to do is help uh, the siblings 
there's no help out there for them whatsoever. They're just kind of, you know, the, the autistic person gets all the help, all the feedback, while the siblings are just left out in the dust. And there's nothing out there to help them the, the, trying to get school, especially if you're a sibling of, uh, if your brother or sister has autism, are you neglected because they're giving all the attentions given to them? My wife, Tammy, and I really are trying to help educate, like I said, the siblings to help them deal with all the ins and outs of the days. Well, I mean, it's so important because there's so there's so many more people now learning that they're autistic in their 50s and 60s to have to be able to connect with those people and kind of like let people that they're not alone and, and have that support, I think is really important. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. With some of the letters I've gotten from people that are 50, 60 years old and, and they just got diagnosed and some of them were even got diagnosed because they saw, you know, me coming out and talking about it. So we're one big group. We're one big family. And we try to, you know, we try to help each other and have each other's back all the time. Well, Billy, I really appreciate getting the time to get to know you a little bit. Thanks so much for joining me here on Autism Stories. Hey, Doug, thank you. Thank you for everything that you do for Autism too. You're a great help and uh, I'm real happy to be on your show. We always love hearing from you and would especially love to hear from you relating to this episode on who is a public autistic person that you relate to. Thanks so much to Billy for the conversation and make sure to listen to the next episode for part two of our conversation with Billy and his wife, Tammy. Here at Autism Personal Coach, our clients are the experts, our coaches are the guides. The majority of supports for autistics are not helpful. They try to fix us, not support us. That's why many are confused when we say our clients are the experts, experts of their lived experience. Our clients are the experts for what has worked for them and about the things they need and want in their lives. Our coaches first listen to our clients and then ask thoughtful questions, offer resources, and strategize with our clients so they can get what they need to thrive. Would you want a guide in your life to coach you to get you the things you desire? If so, then visit AutismPersonalCoach.com for more information. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories, and if you did, if you could tell a friend, foe, or anyone you know about it so they could have the same enjoyable and educational experience as you when listening to Autism Stories, be very much appreciated. Till next time, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.